This episode of The Taylor Stevens Show is brought to you by listeners, readers, and patrons. If you'd like to learn how to support this podcast, please visit www.patreon.com slash taylorstevens. Taylor Stevens, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author of kick-ass international thrillers that are currently kicking me in the butt. And this is the Taylor <laughs> Stevens Show with my good friend Steve Campbell. We are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. Taylor, I'm glad to hear that that writing is kicking you in the butt now rather than the weather because our last two episodes, which we recorded back-to-back at the beginning of, I don't know, is there a name for this? Yeah, Snowpocalypse or something? It, I'm calling it. The 2021 Texas Big Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were right at the beginning of that when we recorded the last two episodes. So have you thought out what's going on there in Texas? Yes, we've thought out. I've gotten hit with the, hey, you survived. Here's your electricity bill. Is, uh, <laughs> yeah, that one. You, there's not going to be um, a, a major article in the New York Times about you, is there, because of your electric bill? It wasn't $17,000, but it was... Getting close to four digits, and it's a little painful. Um, but I, I've gotten so many questions. Of course, we recorded that in advance, and then you and I haven't spoken for two weeks. So it's been two weeks, but then we didn't post the episode the same day that we had talked it out. So we're just, just kind of this time lag, right? Mm-hmm. And so um, I've been getting so many questions from people about, well, what about Francis, the goose? What about the <laughs> goslings? What about the baby goat? What about this? Did you guys survive? And it, it, I'm still kind of like digging myself out of the survival zone that we were in because, you know, there's everything just goes on pause. Everything is just all about getting water and, and heat. And, you know, who cares if you've got mud and crap tracked across the floor and, you know, if the dishes are filling up the kitchen, it's just like survival, right? So I'm still digging through all of that stuff and I'm just kind of, my head is just so not here. But anyway, I, I couldn't, I'm so grateful for all the people who are asking. I'm grateful that people care. And it means the world to me. And I just was doing a disservice and not being able to properly answer everybody. So what I ended up doing was just writing a mini novel (laughs) (laughs) and talking about what happened. But in the process of talking about what happened and posting it, and that post is on Patreon and it is free. You don't need an account to go read it. Um, I also told the story that I was dying to tell which was how it went very, very wrong when I finally was able to give Frances her babies. Frances being my goose, for those Mm -hmm. who have not followed along through the months. And um, it is not funny at the time that it was happening, but it is hilarious to talk about it after the fact. Um, hilarious at my own expense, mind you. And that is all in that post too. So if you need a chuckle, something to brighten your day or take your mind off of something that's making you sad, you can go read about my (laughs) (laughs) adventures and everything gone wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So that's all on Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash Taylor Stevens. 
And again, you don't have to be a patron. You don't have to be a subscriber to be able to read it. If you choose to support my creative writing efforts and more farm stories, then of course <laughs> I would love you forever for that. But no obligation. Go enjoy it. Now, is this the post with the picture of the goat with the jacket on? Yes, I think okay. so. Yes. All right. Yes. Because when I first saw so, that, I'm like, is that a dog? No, no, that's that's the goat. <laughs> it is a dog coat, um, and that and so I was in before I get to the everything gone wrong with giving Francis her baby stories. Um, I was updating on here's what happened with this. Here's what happened with this. Here's you know. So I posted. I had prior to that the last post I had written about the goat was that I was going to order a coat and try and help her get through the freeze. And so, but I'd never post any pictures of it. So that was the goat coat, and then. Um, her using the goat using me as a jungle gym and um, a few other pictures, some pictures of Francis and anyway, so those pictures are all there, but the story is also there. And last week, for those of you who were listening after we got done talking about the cold, one of the things that Taylor alluded to was digging a little deeper into the idea of moving the goalposts when you're when you're writing a story. And I, of course, got really excited because I thought we were going to talk about football on, on today's <laughs> episode. But Taylor has told me that I am mistaken. So, Taylor, how I are we going to incorporate <laughs> moving okay. the goalposts? You, she actually did. She was actually going to let me talk about football today. But that now that she knows that it's almost baseball season. Yeah, different goals. But. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, moving the goalpost. Right. So, um, originally the plan here was we were going to talk about you can't move the goalpost and uh, bleed in from last week's episode. And, you know, my title here was Why Motive Matters and everything. And um, my brain being foggy as it is right now, I was like, OK, I'm going to write all these notes and, and just get it coherent. And as I tried to explain what it is and try to find words to explain what I'm trying to convey, I kept having to go further back, further back, further back. So I got everything lined up, all the notes written sorted out so it's all coherent right up into the part where I get to okay so now to the subject of goalposts and I ran out of time so <laughs> this is going to be very uh, logical and fact-based and whatever starting and then we're going to wing it so we'll see how this goes so when I was thinking about what you know how do I even explain this whole thing with goalposts and, and what it is in things in the stories I was like okay well before we can even get into that you know we gotta make sure we're all speaking the same language so i went all the way back to the beginning and it's like all right breaking it down from the beginning we already know that story and writing are not the same thing right story is character conflict and plot and writing is all the words that are used to convey bring the character conflict and plot together and when we talk about goalposts this is a story issue it has nothing to do with your writing so when we talk about story, story is a tripod, right? It needs all three legs of plot, character, and conflict, or it falls, falls over. So with plot, you've got what is happening in the story. And with character, you've got who the story is happening to. And with conflict, you've got all the needs and the wants and the fears and the events that are driving the story forward. So for there to be a story Something needs to happen, and we call that stuff plot. 
And for that something to happen, for it to mean something, it needs an observer or a participant. And that observer or participant is usually a person, but or multiple people. Sometimes it can be an animal or an object that we anthropomorphize the personhood onto. But this witness, this participant, this is what we call character. And then lastly, for the something that happens and the witness observer to matter to the people who are reading the story, each one of those needs to have something that's missing or broken or that needs answering, finding, solving, saving, escaping, fixing, blah, 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 blah. And we call those things that are missing or broken, we call that conflict. So to be very clear, for plot to work, that plot needs conflict. And for character work to work, the character also needs conflict. And this is not one or the other, it's both. So plot without conflict isn't a plot, and character without conflict isn't really character. And that could be reworded to say all plots require conflict and all characters require conflict. There we go. So conflict is what binds the story together. And plot and character can and often do share the same conflicts. So in this way, plot and character interweave and they overlap and they're hugely dependent on each other. But plot and character are not the same thing. And this distinction is really important because even though it might seem quite self-evident and redundant, when I say it like this here, in this little self-contained segment is really easy to forget that when you're in the middle of a hundred thousand words of manuscript and conflating plot and character, mixing them up, forgetting which one is which and keeping those consistent through the story is one of the main reasons that plots end up feeling forced or contrived or they, something's missing or they just don't work and characters end up feeling inconsistent or both at the same time. And another thing that can happen when plot and character uh, try and interconnect is that they get out of sync. And what that's like is if one leg of the tripod got very short and the other one got very long, when plot and character get out of sync, one ends up forcing the other to con or conform into something that doesn't really work. Instead of each one of those legs driving their own part of the story or being relying on their own strength, their own length, one of them starts to overpower the other. And then you get this completely out of balance tripod. So ultimately, if we want to break this down, a story is what happens, it's plot, when someone, the character, does something, which is plot, conflict, because they, the character, want something or don't want something to happen, which is character, plot, and conflict all together. And all the things that happen as they try to achieve or escape the thing they don't want or don't want. That is what story is. So when a character interacts with the plot in ways that relate to that character's own desires, their own conflicts, we call that character motivation. And character motivation is what allows us to make sense of the character within the largest story. And that, all of that tied together 
is what brings us to the topic of the moving goalposts and why you don't want moving goalposts in your story and what to do with them when it happens and why character motivation plays such a big role in making sure that it doesn't happen. So moving goalposts tend to show up in the story when your character's goals or their intents or their reasons for doing something isn't spelled out clearly enough that we're able to understand whether or not that character actually achieves or reaches that goal or not. So I guess you could say it's vagueness in the sense that maybe the character wants something, but because it's not super clear why they want it, which means the character motivation isn't super clear, and it's not super clear what they're going to do with it when they get it or what the end goal is, then it's really easy for plot to overpower the character side of it and force the character to follow the plot. And so that character's goals or their desires, they kind of shift multiple times throughout the story and you never actually really understand what it is they were doing. And the character is no longer driving the story. That that leg of the tripod keeps shrinking. And the plot is now like this really long leg that's shoving the tripod forward, right? So that's what it's going to look like when moving goalposts, the goalposts, the character's goalposts, their, their desires keep moving throughout the story. So I was trying to come up with an example of what that might look like. And I am not happy with this example, but it I don't feel like it fully uh, expresses what this would look like. But I'm going to go ahead and just work with it because it's all I've got. And then maybe we can discuss it and and understand what it is within this example that clearly articulates the issue and what, what doesn't. So anyway, let's say, for example, that our character is an archivist. I don't know. I just... Somebody who archives information, I just made this up, I, it's probably a real thing, but not in the way that I'm describing it, right? And um, she's been hired by a benefactor to investigate this manuscript that's recently been turned up from Central America. And um, it's all got codes and you know how they would write in the hieroglyphs or the, sign, the figures or whatever, right? And so they... The, the benefactors come into possession of this and she wants to find out if this manuscript is authentic um, to trace its provenance and find out if it's legit. And ostensibly, ostensibly, this is because it hints at some kind of legend of, a, of fortune or whatever. So you would think that the benefactor really is trying to find out if the legend is real, but that's not why they hire this person. This person is only hired to find out if this manuscript is authentic, right? So the person, the main character begins to dig and research. And eventually that research takes her to say Guatemala, right? Where she can continue to trace the source. And remember her goal, the only reason she's brought into this all her side jobs and everything, like her, her expenses, her life, everything else that's going on is extraneous to this particular goal is to find out if this is real or not. 
Okay. So she gets to where she's going to, to further her investigation and things start happening, bad things. And it seems to her like someone is really trying to prevent her from finding out more about this manuscript. And meanwhile, while she's in the country, she finds out that her benefactor has died of a heart attack. And now the estate is handling things and they tell her that, well, here's your pay for the work that you did so far. But now your contract is over and we don't need you to investigate this any further. At which point the archivist doesn't stop. She keeps looking and her reasoning to herself is, well, I won't be able to live with myself if someone else finds the treasure before I do. So I'm going to fund this on myself now and and then the plot continues and more bad things start happening and blah, blah, blah. Well, that shift where she went from her goal being find out if this thing is real to, well, I'm not going to stop because I want to find the treasure. That's a moving goalpost right there. Boom. Because prior to that, all her focus had been on all her research, all her everything had been on finding out if this thing was real, the whole mystery of the story, the all the clues, everything was all about if this was real. She's never spent any time investigating the legend itself. Uh, we don't know anything about that. But the plot requires her to keep looking because what the treasure is actually in the author's mind the actual plot of the story. But up until that point, we, we, the reader, haven't been given any of that. We've just been given it's all about, is this manuscript real or not? And then all of a sudden, boom, it shifts. The goalposts got moved, but there was no lead up to that. There was no clear articulation that the character herself ever was interested in finding the, the treasure herself, she was just doing this job that she was hired to do and bad things started happening to her before it. She wasn't even really looking to see who these bad people were. And now all of a sudden it just shifted, right? So without any explanation, without clear character motivation, it doesn't work. It becomes a story that it doesn't really know what it's about. Um, and and if you 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 start feeling there's you can't articulate it as a reader, but you start feeling like these there's unanswered questions, and you don't really understand why the character is doing this, and it just it doesn't really totally pull together or make sense. And then it it shifts and it goes on as if that never happened, as as if that not making sense didn't even exist. That's moving goalposts. Now, moving goalposts in and of themselves are not wrong. The, the issue arises when you can't clearly articulate, somebody who's reading the story cannot clearly articulate what it is your character actually wants, what it is your character actually needs, and, and those wants and needs are not clearly driving the plot. But if you as the author understand that the plot needs to go X, Y, Z, well, it's okay to move the goalposts and make that switch as long as there's very clear breaks of you can pinpoint this is when that change happened because of this. And this is what 
caused the character to begin to view it differently, and this is what took the character's motivation in a new direction. When you can clearly dot to dot and link one to the next to the next to the next so that you're with that character, you understand why they're doing it, and when that break happens, you're like, okay, that makes sense, then that's not really so much a moving goalpost as a clarifying of where the goalposts actually are. I'm making this up on the fly, so that analogy might not actually work. Um, the point being that character motivation is is so critical to understanding plot, to understanding where the story is going. If you don't understand why a character is doing something, the conflict becomes muddy. And the conflict is that glue that's holding everything together. So while the plot might have its own conflict going on where bad people are chasing the character and she's trying to get away and doesn't understand what's happening, what's the character conflict in all of that? Okay, character wants to stay alive. Fine. That's that's personal to the character. But what's the character's conflict in regards to the overall plot? What is the What are the character's goals? And... You can't have a character whose only goal is just to stay alive and then go off on search of this treasure where more people might try and kill her. That doesn't work. That's character conflict. If, if she cares about staying alive so much, why is she chasing this treasure that she's not even being paid to go find? And prior to whenever this story started, she didn't even know existed. Right. That's where the motivation comes in. You've, it's got to be very clear the character's motivation, how that attaches to the goals and what those goals are and what it means when the character reaches the goal. And the character can reach the goal midway through the story. That's fine. And you can give her a new goal as long as it's very and why she's choosing to pursue it and how her decisions to continue to pursue it are not in conflict with other desires like staying alive or finding food to eat or whatever it is that might finding a home, whatever it is that might pertain to your particular character in your particular story. So Steve, did I, did I make that clear? Does it make sense? I think it made sense. Um, but I have a couple questions. Yes. So in the case of, well, I mean, one of the things that was going through my mind when you were outlining this story of the archivist, I, I could almost see this as like a series of books where at the end of the first book, her everything changes for her when she realizes that, A, there's no more money coming in for this, and B, there might be a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And so then her her entire motivation changes... And I could see that as being like the start of book two in this great adventure series kind of thing that just kind of went right. on and on somebody, and on where you've got this. Write it. <laughs> <laughs> but I could also see it happening like in the middle of the book and then it being like, as, as you said, just getting really <laughs> muddled. Yeah. The, the point being that there needs to be a clear, um, a clear, a clear line of character, characters, motivations, and goals. Right. So, if this started out as her really appreciating the money and 
thinking, hey, and I'm getting a free vacation out of it to go to Guatemala, she can't just flip for no reason to say, now I'm going to put my life on the line and not get paid for it, hoping that there might be something at the end. So if you know as the author that that's the direction the plot's going to take, you've got to start lining that up so that the character motivations match the actions and that we know very clearly when she has reached goal A and has chosen to change goal A for goal B and so forth. Without that, the goalposts just keep moving and the character just keeps going through the story from thing to thing being pushed along by a plot without it really having anything to do with her. She's just doing what the plot requires her to do. And that's when you get these really wooden characters that feel contrived and their decisions don't make sense. And that's why character motivation saves you from that. Because if you understand why a character is doing something, then you can have the most dog-legged goal moving story in the world <laughs> but if it's consistent to the character it's still going to work and i can say that th- hypothetically let's say someone read your manuscript and pointed out an area where the goalposts were moving it's entirely hypothetical and you you began to understand that and when it was clear and you made a few changes in the manuscript at the beginning to really kind of nail down where the goalpost should be and then identified why the goal should change and why it should change for the customer. It could really, the customer, the protagonist, it, uh, it really makes a big difference in the way the story holds together in your mind, hypothetically, of course. Yeah, hypothetically, of course, right? Wink, wink. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, stories that are kind of a mess, because of moving goalposts and lack of clear character motivation or whatnot, they're they're not a lost cause. They're quite easy to fix, actually. And the fixing is through figuring out, understanding exactly what the character's motivations are, making sure they fit, the, the, the motivations fit the actions, and uh, tightening up the goalposts and maybe shifting the goals a little bit so that they fall more in line with those character motivations. Whatever it has to do, it doesn't mean overhauling your entire book. Often those are the types of things you're going to catch on, you know, second a second pass after you've got your full draft done and and you've got lots of wiggle room to restructure and change things around and you can take a very kind of story and just make it pow simply by making sure that the character motivations and the goalposts and and why things happen when they happen and what led up to them and what's driving them are all very clear and tight and and work together on both a character slash conflict level and a plot slash conflict level and a conflict slash conflict level <laughs> which is why I was why I had to go back to the beginning and explain about all the elements that go into making a story what it is and which ones attach to what because they do all interweave and yet they are all separate and all have to carry their own weight. And this whole thing about moving the goalposts, this this reminds me of this is, it's also true in podcasting, where you sort of have this goal that you want your podcast to be a certain length, and then every so often that goalpost gets moved, and then it gets moved again, and then it gets moved again. But we are coming up against the goalpost. 
for this but week's you episode. You add the part about it's okay to move it if you're clear about why you're moving it, and you think it's going to make things better. So there. It, it, it's okay if the co-host or if the host says, "Oh, and another thing." Right. <laughs> because that is clarity. That that clearly means we're moving the goalpost. But we are up against the goal. We are on the goal line, and we're ready to score a touchdown. Taylor, do you know what a touchdown is? Yes, the, right. I know what a touchdown right. is. All right, good. good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys very much for listening. We will be back in your ear next Tuesday, and we're going to be talking about a blog post that I read, and I think this is going to be a really fun show, so be sure and join us uh, next Tuesday for that. Taylor, thank you very much. See you guys next week. Thanks for being here. 